fast bound in sin and nature's night. Thine eye diffused a quickening ray. I woke the dungeon flamed with light. Don't know what I'm on about? Maybe. How about this? My chains fell off. My heart was free and I rose, went forth and followed thee. More up to date. Then on the third at break of dawn, the Son of Heaven rose again. O trampled death, where is your sting? The angels roar for Christ the King. Or my favorite of the more modern worship songs. The ground began to shake. The stone was rolled away. His perfect love could not be overcome. Now death, where is your sting? Our resurrected King has rendered you defeated. Why are we looking at it again? Well, it's because the resurrection has an impact on how we are to live now. It's not just a subject of songs or poems, but an historical event. Do we think, for example, that the two Marys worshipped at the feet of Jesus and that was it? They'd have this great blessed time with Jesus, an amazing time of worship, and then that was it. Well, we know it wasn't. Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. No, we know that this wasn't just a mere encounter. This encounter catapulted Christianity into being. This encounter was something that wasn't just kept to themselves, but it was about passing it on. They would now live, as our readings from Thessalonians tells us, as children of the light. And what I love about this passage from Thessalonians is the fact that where it says we are children of the light, it says this, you are all children of the light. Have a look at verse 4. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You see, the Thessalonians were concerned about when Jesus was coming back. Verse 5 says this, you are all children of the light and children of the day. This is actually about our status now. This is not saying that sometimes we're in the light when we're good, and sometimes we're in the darkness when we're bad, that it's somehow mood dependent. Everything's going well, I'm a child of the light, and isn't that great? Everything's going badly, I'm a child of darkness. That sounds sinister, doesn't it? This is a statement of our status. And what I mean by that, it's not a hierarchy. It's not we are then above this or above that. But it is a status of us post Jesus' resurrection. You are children of the light. Not you will be when you get to heaven. Or just wait until you get your resurrection body. Or work your socks off and be good little Christians. And then you will become children of the light. You are children of the light. And when I was praying and pouring over these scriptures, I just felt that for some of you tonight, you needed to hear that afresh. You needed to hear that afresh tonight, that you are 
children of the light. You belong to this new day. And of course, God cares about how we feel. Get this, God cares more about how you feel than you do. But your feelings, is what I'm getting at, your feelings don't alter the fact that we are all children of light. And that's a great thing about our status, but it doesn't actually stop there because our lightedness, we saw Ben as he was leading worship earlier, bathed in glorious light, didn't we? But it's not just that. It's not just about being children of light. This light stirs us to action. We should be awake and alert. We should be awake and alert. I wonder, could we have uh, that next slide up? That'd be great. I came across this. You know, um, if you're ever used to using PowerPoint, it comes up with suggested designs. I typed in awake and alert, and it came up with this, and I thought, should I change it to something more holy? And then I was just besotted with these meerkats. So that says something about me, doesn't it? We should be awake and alert. Because you're a child of light, that is underlined by our actions. Verse 8 says this, but since we belong to the day, let us be sober. Of course, we are used to sober, meaning the opposite of being drunk. Uh, we're used to that. But actually, the root word from Greece is sophrenos. And what that means is to be of sound mind. It's where we get our word phrenology, you know, the study of the mind, the study of the head, the study of the brain. It's, it means to maintain a proper appraisal to think of yourself in the right way. Now, we've heard that about being children of light, and we need that constant reminder. It doesn't just mean not to be drunk, but it also means to not be given over to the effects that alcohol or like substances might have on us, or even our own sense of self-worth. What are some of the symptoms of being drunk? Well, a friend told me that um, blurred vision is one. Do we suffer from a spiritual blurred vision? Are we unsteady on our feet? Are we unsteady in our faith? Do we slur our speech, perhaps when we're sharing our faith? To be sober means to think things clearly. We say things clearly. We walk with direction. We relate to people soberly. So we resist the things that lead us to not think clearly. So we are children of light and life. We are to be awake and alert to the flow of God's Spirit as we join in with Him and His mission in the world. But we are also to be equipped and enabled. You see, this sounds like an impossible task. How can we possibly think clearly all the time? How can we possibly relate to one another clearly all the time and not appear as uh, drunk or maybe distracted is a better, better word to use. And um, Paul gives us a helpful image here. He wants us to be equipped and enabled. 
And if you'll allow me a couple of moments to just spend explaining why this was such an important uh, symbol of what we're supposed to be like as Christians. He gives us the image of the breastplate. He gives us the image of the breastplate. And here we see um, quite an ornate replica of um, a Roman Roman centurion's breastplate, as it happens. And um, one of the things I quite like is, I'm a bit of a geek about this, I quite like historical fiction, and uh, I read quite a lot, and I read a few bits on ancient Rome. So I've been fascinated about the rise and fall of the Roman Empire. I know that makes me sound a bit old and boring, Uh, but I knew that the information would come in handy one time, and I think it's tonight. You know, um, you don't need a breastplate unless you're going into battle. Um, I'm not very prone to giving uh, battle analogies when it comes to the Christian faith, but I do believe this is true. And Paul gives us um, this idea of a breastplate, and I think it's particularly pertinent for us tonight. You see, a breastplate is normally formed of two sections. You can't quite see it in this picture. There was a front and there was a back. What does he want us to put on as we live our Christian lives. He he wants us to have faith, and he wants us to have love. He wants us also to have the hope of salvation as a helmet, as verse 8 tells us. We put on faith and love as a breastplate. It helps us prepare for battle. And you'll notice Um, on the front of this breastplate, there is an eagle, which of course was a symbol of Rome. When we wear our breastplate, it's an indicator of who we belong to. Paul wasn't getting us to do some curious dressing up exercise, but rather it was a sense of defense when attacked. What is going to help you? Well, your faith in Jesus is going to help you Your loving deeds and actions are going to help you, and the hope in Jesus as this helmet is going to help you. So we know it's a unique identifier. It tells us who we belong to. We know that there are two parts to it, faith and love. But we also know, and again, for some of us tonight, hopefully this is helpful, although perhaps hard to grasp or hard to hear. Our breastplate over the last while has taken a battering. Our breastplate over the last while has taken a battering. I think I've got an image of a of a breastplate that's taken a battering. Couldn't find a Roman one. This is circa 15th century. That's really geeky, isn't it? But this one's taken a few battering. It's not broken completely, but it is bruised. I wonder whether this helps us understand a little bit more about what goes on in our Christian journey. We understand, don't we, that actually for some of us, life has been particularly difficult. Our faith has taken a battering. I wonder, is that a word for you tonight? 
Um, our breastplate has taken a battering. There has been dents. We don't feel broken, but we do feel bruised. I wonder what other breastplates we've put on instead of the breastplate of faith and love. I wonder, have we hidden behind our possessions instead of putting on faith and love? We might have put on Netflix and Uber Eats. I know that at times I have. What does it mean to live in the light? I just think it means coming back to Jesus time and time again and reveling in the mystery of the resurrection. You see, the resurrection, as I said at the start, is not an historical event that is meant to stay there. It is a historical event, but it impacts how we live right now. And for those of us um, that have been Christians a while, it's easy to forget the majesty and the mystery of the resurrection, but I would urge you to come before Jesus in worship. Clasp his feet like the two Marys did. Bow down in worship, but let that stir you to action. I'm going to finish um, with, um, this is a great book, We Make the Road by Walking by uh, Brian McLaren. I don't agree with everything he says, but I do agree with this. And um, if you'll allow me to just read this passage um, it's, it, it carries some of the resurrection charge that um, I believe uh, is the calling for all of us as Christians. You know, when you go on preordination retreat and uh, you um, are about to uh, be made a deacon in the church, the bishop does something, he's, he gives you a charge. He tells you, essentially, what you should be doing as deacons and priests in the Church of England. And if you like, this is Brian McLaren's charge, but I believe it's deeper than that. I think it's Jesus's charge to each of us as Christians. Everything is new. From now on, whenever we break the bread and drink the wine, we will know that we are not alone. The risen Christ is with us, among us, and within us, just as he was today, even though we didn't recognize him. Resurrection has begun. We are part of something rare, something precious, something utterly revolutionary. In fact, it feels like an uprising an uprising of hope, not hate, an uprising armed with love and not weapons, an uprising that shouts a joyful promise of life and peace, not angry threats of hostility and death. It is an uprising of outstretched arms, not clenched fists. It's the one day we have always dreamed of emerging in the present, rising up among us and within us. It's so different from what we expected, so much better. This is what it means to be truly alive. 
This is what it means to be en route, walking the road to a new and better day. Let's tell the others, the Lord is risen, He is risen indeed. The Lord is risen, He is risen indeed. The Lord is risen, He is risen indeed. Let's pray. Father God, our prayer is the prayer of St. Paul when he said, I want to know you and the power that raised you from the dead. Lord, that is my prayer for me, that is my prayer for each of us that might be tuning in online tonight, that Lord, we want to know you and the power that raised you from the dead. And for those people that have tuned in, uh, maybe for the first time, who don't know you, my prayer is that you will meet them now, even now as I pray, that you will meet them now and make yourself known to them in their homes, in the privacy of their own homes. Lord, would you meet them by your spirit and make your presence felt to them that they may encounter you, the living God. Lord, we want an encounter with you. We want to be changed with you, not so that we can just feel great, but that we can live great lives for you. Would you stir us to action, we pray? Would we live each day as children of the new day, children of light, awake and alert, enabled and equipped with the breastplate of faith and love and the helmet of hope? We are people of hope and where people feel hopeless. Lord, we pray for them. We acknowledge, Lord God, that we are people of hope. Lord, and we cling to that tonight. We acknowledge you with us, and we give you glory. Amen.